It's supper time with meat and potatoes. Welcome to a fluid, spiritually inclined, and Islamically orientated podcast where we get into the meat and potatoes of matters facing the everyday Muslim. In this space, we do not waste any time on the appetizers, but go straight to the hardest morsels on the plate, pulling out major lessons and themes for you to take home in a goodie bag. All right. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalat, wassalamu ala rasulah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. We start mentioning the name of Allah. We praise him and ask him to bestow his blessings onto his messenger, the messenger's family, his companions, and those who follow. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, my dear brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the dinner table for another delicious episode of our Meat and Potatoes podcast. Alhamdulillah, I'm here with my beloved hosts, Brother Rashid, the Rashid brothers, Brother Abdul Rashid and Brother Rashid, um, and Brother brother Daniel. And today, we have a very uh, delicious hadith that we're going to go ahead and just jump right into the delicious fatty bits, inshallah ta'ala, if, if Allah wills. So we'll go ahead and start uh, by reading out the hadith, and as per usual, after that, we'll each kind of share our own initial reflections um, of the hadith, and then from there just have an open conversation. So the hadith on the menu for today can be found in <coughs> in Muslim, which is, of course, a very authentic um, uh, collection of a hadith of narration of the Prophet, peace be blessings be upon him. And so in this hadith, it starts by by saying, in acts of intimacy from each of you, there is a sadaqah, which is a charity with the expectation of reward from Allah. The companions replied, O messenger of God, when one of us fulfills his sexual desire, will he be sinning? Oh, will he, oh sorry. When one of us fulfills his sexual desire, will he be given a reward for that? And he, referring to the prophet, said, Do you not think that were he to act upon it unlawfully, he would be sinning? Likewise, if he acts upon it lawfully, he will be rewarded. So when we first see this hadith, I'm sure many of us probably get really excited. Like, oh, alhamdulillah, me having relations with my wife gets me a reward and gets uh, gets everyone really excited and happy to to hear that but i think this hadith has a lot more layers to it than simply getting rewarded for having relations with with one's spouse so brother rashid um the uh big brother rashid why don't you go ahead and uh get us started with some of the delicious fatty bits that you pulled out of this this hadith here alhamdulillah um Bismillah. I, I like that bit, the Big Brother Rashid piece. That was that was kind of pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll be your title from now on, inshallah. Oh, <laughs> uh, subhanAllah. Um, this, this hadith pulls out so much, and I agree with Brother Kenneth that there's a lot to it more than just what's on the surface. But if we you know, dig deep or dive deep into it, there's a lot of layers to it and a lot of pleasure that can come out of it. Um, and, and also speaking to the fact that we're trying to build community, but not only that, but within the household. So the hadith is clearly saying that we, um, and, I, and I also look at this man of woman and woman to, to man also too, um, because it's about filling the, the desires of your spouse, making your spouse happy. And again, building that community within the home. So, you know, there's also been said that there's a sadaqah, even if you give a smile to someone. So there's ways that we can seek the pleasure of Allah as long as we keep his intentions right in front of us. So please 
pleasing our spouses, it, it's the same thing. Um, and we want to go to them and have relations with them, but we want to do it in a halal way um, at a halal time. Of course, this is someone that you want to be married to, and there's only certain holes, uh, sorry to be so crude, um, that we as men can enter into. So we want to make sure that we follow the rules of, 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 of Islam. Um, but one hadith came to mind when when uh, when reading this, and I'll, I'll share this real quickly. But um, the wife of the of a, uh, the wife of a companion came to the Prophet may peace and blessings be upon him, and said, "O Messenger of Allah, every day my husband fasts, and in the evening engages in prayer, i.e., he doesn't sleep with her." The Prophet may peace and blessings be upon him, was so angered that he went to the man's house without wearing his sandals. I can you imagine that the prophet, he's just mad, right? He's walking down the street with no <laughs> shoes on um, and told him, Allah has not sent me. So this is the prophet, so I'm talking to the man. Allah has not sent me to be a recluse. I swear by Allah that I instigate, that 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 Allah has instigated me to, to his purity, his orthodox and an easy religion. I fast, I pray, I go to my wife, and anyone that likes my custom must be bound by my sunnah, my custom. And sexual intercourse is from my sunnah, meaning the things that he would, uh, we used to do. And there's a deeper definition of, um, of the sunnah. So we should not be so caught up in other matters, whether worldly or spiritual, that we're um, not giving our wife her rights or giving, uh, having sexual relations with her. We want to make sure we do everything in moderation. And we want to follow the example of our beloved prophet, and we don't want to just go to our wives and just boom, have sex with them. You know, we, we want to talk with them and, and foreplay and, and, and have a good time. And again, sorry to use such crude words um but we we definitely want to give them their rights and they should give us our rights as well and i'll, I'll pause right there but yeah that's my immediate reflections on that particular hadith and i and i present you um i applaud uh for the team bringing this to the table alhamdulillah alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. that was a really delicious reflection brother rashid and i really do appreciate you kind of highlighting how this hadith applies to both brothers and sisters and the importance of making sure that sisters are given their their rights as well. So, Brother Abdur Rashid, the the next the next Rashid of the of the Rashid brothers. Why don't you go ahead and share with us some of your first uh, initial reflections of, of this hadith? Yeah, uh, sure. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum, brothers. Um, so, <clears throat> so when I when I read this uh, this hadith, and um, it seemed to to talk about you know uh, like Brother Rashid, the rights. That people have, especially between husbands and wives, and um, and that uh, <clears throat> when the when the when the companions asked the prophet, like even having sex with our wives, we get a reward for that. And of course, most definitely you should, because that's your right between the, the husband and the wife to have you know uh, relations, and that. Um, it's halal, and if it's halal, you should get rewarded for doing halal things, right? It's a good, it's a good deed for both of them, the, the man and the woman. And uh, so it's about, uh, you know, people's rights. So uh, I think we spoke about it before, you know, our family has rights uh, to us, you know, Allah has rights to us, and it's about keeping up your rights. Um, you have rights to yourself, you know. So that, it spoke to me more, less about really sex, but more about the, the rights we have 
amongst each other to ourselves and to our family, our friends, our community. And so um, that's what I took away from this one. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Really good, um, good initial reflections, Brother Abdul Rashid, the importance of upholding everyone's, everyone's rights. So Brother, brother Daniel, uh, what do you have to bring to uh, our dinner table today? MashaAllah. I do have to admit that uh, I think out of this group, uh, I have been the most recent one to marry or to remarry. Uh, so now this uh, obligation, if you will, uh, or this command is a little more, uh, uh, has a little bit more application for me now. Um, and of course, it's uh, a very different sort of perspective as opposed to being somebody who um, had been divorced or somebody who was um, outside the fold of, uh, of marriage, um, of dealing with the means of uh, whether it's temptation or, or desire. So now there's an outlet uh, for that, if you will. But in the same case, uh, I really take from this hadith that there is an avenue for good there's an avenue for justice. There's an avenue of making sure that uh, there is equal treatment and upholding of, as Brother Rashid or Abdul Rashid had mentioned about the rights that are required for, you know, everyone in the uh, in the aspect of the community. Whether it's uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, you have rights for yourself. To uh, sometimes the example is make sure we get plenty of, uh, of sleep and uphold our means of uh, taking care of ourselves, uh, making sure we're uh, taking good care of ourselves uh, and giving ourselves uh, adequate health because uh, this is a trust from Allah. And all these sort of means are ways for us to utilize in a way that's going to bring the most benefit to us. And why would it not make sense that in a marriage where the only halal outlet uh is with one another mashallah that's a that's a blessing and it leads to children it leads to happiness it leads to intimacy it leads to uh togetherness uh there are dimensions beyond just the physical pleasures that are there and that get fulfilled that um sexual encounters can can do for for a marriage and alhamdulillah um i ask that uh, last one to all, it makes it easy for, for all of us who are uh, struggling in, in any sense uh, so that we can uh, get the good deeds that we may be able to utilize in these uh, in these sort of situations. Alhamdulillah. Every avenue is open. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Really good um, initial affection, Brother Daniel, and to all brothers, brothers here. So inshallah, I'll go ahead and start with my um, initial reflection. Then we'll go ahead and open the floor to our um, conversation. So like with Brother Abdul Rashid, when I look at this hadith, um, intimacy is not what first comes to uh, my mind. And intimacy, of course, is mentioned in this particular hadith. And I do agree with Brother Rashid that it is important to speak about topics such as intimacy because this is a very important part of life, right? And there are many hadith of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, peace be upon him, would speak about intimacy. And inshallah, in another episode, I believe episode 10, we actually do cover a hadith which speaks about intimacy, and inshallah, we'll have some guests for that episode as well. But when I see this particular hadith, 
what comes to my mind is more of how the most, even the most mundane or self-indulgent acts can be an opportunity for us to get good deeds from Allah SWT. Because look what the Prophet is saying here. You know, he's saying that if you did some if you did something that was haram, that was forbidden, unlawful, would you not expect to get a sin for it? And of course the answer is yet is yes. But if you instead do something that is lawful with the intention of abiding what, what Allah has made lawful, you get a reward for it. And it really just kind of opens the avenues of how many good deeds we can have in a um, in our daily our daily actions. And I think many times we get so caught up with some of the more macro aspects of worship, such as, you know, praying, such as reading Quran, such as going to the masjid or giving a lot of money, that we can kind of lose sight about how much some of these more minor and mundane everyday acts, depending on our intention, could be an avenue for us to get reward. For example, um, you know, taking a shower, right? When you're taking a shower, something that we know, that normal, most of us usually do on a daily basis, um, you with which with a change in your intention, you can make a shower into a ghusl or like a spiritual um, cleansing that sh should be um, done whenever one is in a major state of purity or before before Juma. You can turn it into an act of worship, or for example, sitting and eat, sitting down and eating with with your family. Changing your intention can make such a mundane and normal act as eating as into an act of worship, right? Or even something as simple as um, putting on putting on shoes. Uh, and for example, um, we know of a hadith the Prophet said um, that one should start whenever they're putting on their shoes, they should start with the right shoe and then the left shoe. And when they're taking off their shoes, take off the left shoe first and then the right shoe. This, of course, is not something that is obligatory, but this is just a voluntary sunnah one can do to get extra reward, right? And when you make this a habitual practice, um, it becomes essentially a part of your being, right? It becomes a part of who you are. And doing these everyday acts with the intention of abiding by the sunnah, the way of the Prophet or abiding from what Allah has made lawful, you are essentially transforming yourself into living a Muslim lifestyle to where it becomes completely habitual habitual for you and you get so many opportunities to get rewards and really just for me highlights just how amazing this this religion is that how any anything just based on again your intention and how you view it can become a means of worship for you and a means of getting reward from your lord and creator and i think it's just really excellent example of just how merciful and loving our creator is giving us all these opportunities to get rewards from him but those are my um, initial initial thoughts. Let's go ahead and open the floor um, to the rest of the brothers here. Um, what what are some other delicious uh, bits that you guys can pull out from this uh, from this hadith that you want to share? With us? Um, yeah. So, martial art, brother yeah, Kent, that was good. Um, so, I'm just thinking. Uh, you know, my mother was here for a week visiting because my kids were out of school. Whatever. Um, and so, yeah, with intentions, you know, we I talked to her almost every day she was here. And I think I tried to make sure at some point in our conversation that I tried to uh, drop some little dawa pearls on her, and especially talking about Christmas, right? And talking about Jesus, uh, peace and blessed be upon him. And so, like you said, I mean, 
I hope uh, and pray that, you know, those times I was talking to her, and even uh, when the kids were listening, and you know, I was directly talking to them, that there's a blessing in that, right? There's, at least there should be a blessing in that, right? You hoped we, I would reap a, a benefit, a blessing for giving her dawah, and then she would reap a benefit from listening. And, you know, Allah knows best. Uh, maybe next year she'll come here and she'll be a Muslim as well. Who knows? But um, like you said, these simple things, like even I, I, I think about it, I was, I was thinking about it myself. Just the, the, you know, we all, like you said, we're always talking about the, the big things, uh, prayer and doing all this great big stuff to get these rewards. And we overlook the small things, like you said, a shower um, or just a smile, just a good word, um, especially to my kids uh, who I've been stuck in the house with the last week. Um, <clears throat> so it's a, uh, it's, 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 you're right. It's beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us all these opportunities to, to, to gain these, these, these good deeds so that, um, so that we, you know, we'll be better off, uh, we'll be better people and mm. we'll get these rewards here that'll prepare us for our real, our real life in the, in, in, in the paradise. And real quick on that, brother Abdul Rashid, cause you mentioned mm -hmm. how, when you were speaking to your mother, you were giving you were giving her some da'wah, dropping off some some da'wah pearls to her in hopes that you know hopefully inshallah she'll accept Islam. May Allah have all our family members accept Islam one day inshallah. Uh, I mean, uh, here's here's the thing: um, even you just speaking to your mother, even if you weren't giving her da'wah, for example, you were just having a conversation with her. That in and of itself is an opportunity for getting reward because you're maintaining family ties, right? That's you're right. upholding what Allah has made obligatory for you. So um, even just having a discussion with her about the weather or about, you know, what, you know, Oprah Winfrey spoke about on her talk show uh, last week, that in and of itself is an opportunity for you to get rewards, right? Just based on your mindset, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you, you brothers have brought up some really good points in that, Every little thing we do, every little thing we do, um, if we know the du'as or even if the intention is in our heart and we don't know the actual du'as, is an opportunity to get closer to Allah, whether you're entering your home or leaving your home or walking into the masjid or taking a shower or putting on your clothes. There's so many du'as and so many little jewels that the Prophet Sallallahu may peace and blessings be upon him, taught us that we can say during those times to get closer to Allah. And we should indeed take um, take advantage of those opportunities and speaking to our mothers upon Allah, you know, they're, they're the key to us getting, uh, getting into paradise. So, you know, we definitely want to treat them kindly and give them the, their rights. Um, but I, I wanted to, uh, for, for myself, dial it to part of the um, patience uh, and another opportunity to get a good deed, which is patience um, and on the sexual end. And I'll, I'll go back to that word um, in that in today's society, there's so many different elements to this. I mean, a man can have ED issues. A, a woman could have things in her past that make it very difficult or even painful um, to have intimacy with their spouse. And there's so many different layers that can fall into that, that can make even that act be somewhat difficult for an individual. Um, and if we're in a marriage and we see those particular situations going on, another way to try to get closer to Allah is try to be patient with that situation. 
um, because we don't know all the times what someone is dealing with, um, although it's our spouse and we want to talk to them as much as humanly possible. But if there is an issue that's going on in the house in that particular space, let's try to be patient with that individual and try to talk to that individual and get involved in that as opposed to being angry or upset about it, making that person actually feel worse. Because I, I don't know that the Prophet wants us to fight as a spouse or be angry with your spouse or, or, or make them feel better or make them feel worse about a particular situation. So being patient and being kind with them um, is another thing that we should try, we should try to do. So, so brother, sure. brother Rashid, and then I want to hear from brother Daniel, because um, I'm sure he has plenty, um, plenty of beautiful gems he can share. Um, you highlight something I think is very important. It kind of reminded me of a discussion I had with one of our sisters um, when I was talking about this episode. And she mentioned to me that the hadith that we're discussing today um, and hadith and a hadith like it has sometimes been used by brothers to and kind of coerce their, their spouses into sleeping with them, even if, you know, they're uh, for their own for their own selfish gains of like treating it as like what you mentioned being kind to your wife and being and being patient and so i really think it's important how you highlighted um the importance of being patient with your wives we know that we know the problem said that the best of you are those who are best to their their wives and there's many other hadith that speak about um the importance of making sure your wife is satisfied and taking care of her and like i said the the hadith we'll be covering in episode 10, I think, also goes into detail about the importance of satisfying one's one's spouse. And so I think it's very good to highlight that because you'll find, you know, Muslim brothers in our community who will use these hadith in a way that the hadith were not intended, right? And use as a means of personal gain. And I think it's just, it's very important for us to kind of put these brothers or that mindset in check that, you know, you know, being, you know, being a husband doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you only go for your only try to uphold your rights. You have a responsibility to uphold the rights of your spouse, of your wife, of your children. You know, it's a responsibility, not um, not a priv, not just a privilege. It's a responsibility. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I do think people uh, sometimes do mischaracterize this hadith in terms of men just thinking they can. Um, again, to, to, to use crude language, um, can literally walk into the house and, and just go to their wives and take their clothes off and have sex, right? It, they think sometimes they will use this hadith to justify those kind of acts when statistically, and I, and I can't recall the numbers exactly, but it takes a man X number of minutes to uh, have an orgasm. It takes a woman X number of, of minutes to have the same thing. Well, the number of the time it takes for women to have to reach that point is much longer than men. So it's unfair and unjust for us men just to walk to a woman and just immediately demand that. There should be some foreplay involved with that, be it physical, be it mental. You know, talk to your wife or kiss your wife or do nice things to your wife and make her or help her to enjoy that instance and, and then um, have that, that intimate act. And I, I know there's a lot of other things that pop into this hadith as well, but that, that word sex really kind of stood out with me. And I know there's a lot of issues um, amongst our sister population about how they're treated sometimes as a result of this hadith. So I appreciate Kenneth, you um, reflecting back to that because we definitely want to respect the, 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 the rights of our, of our wives and our women. And if we have a daughter, we don't want some man to mistreat our daughter. So why would we mistreat 
our wives. And so we want to mm. be kind to them and, um, and, and vice versa. You know, the wives also should be patient with us, with us men, because we, we don't always get it right. <laughs> you know, we, we don't always get it right. Mashallah, Brother Rashid, I think you uh, brought up an excellent topic here. And I'm maybe a little more, a uh, little more crude, but in the best, uh, hopefully in the best of manners. And what I mean is that I really feel that this is a good uh, topic to really bring up something that can be a little controversial and that is regarding uh newer brothers or newly married uh brothers and sisters there i i recall uh when i first uh, accepted islam that one of the imams had originally come up to me and said look brother i hope you hope you know that when you first get married you don't need to have sex the first night that you are together and i'm like yeah i know that that's that's that makes sense and a lot of it comes down with uh making sure that the the mood uh the setting the environment or even that sort of trust uh and connection that you have with that person is going to be sufficient enough that you can actually uh set that sort of tone and have that sort of moment and i think that uh coming from a outside of a I guess born Muslim or born into a Muslim family, it can be a little different. Um, with me having my own uh, experiences before for Islam, uh, you know, it's different than somebody who's waited 18, 22, 25, even some that I've come across that waited 30 years in order to get married. You know, they may be interested in jumping right into bed, uh, so to say. Uh, so, but they, you know, the, the setting up the situation or the environment so that it can be. Uh, fruitful or enjoyable to everyone sometimes is not addressed or sometimes is not uh, brought up in conversation because there is a stigma uh, sometimes in the Muslim community when this is something that the Prophet intentionally brought up so that we don't have these sort of issues. We don't have this sort of uh, problems or miscommunications or uh, you know plagues in our, uh, our ummah. And to mention for Brother uh, Abdul Rashid, he was saying in regards about uh, him making dawah to his mother, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, guide his mother to Islam uh, and make her uh, of the, uh, the highest ranking Muslims. I mean, well, one of the things I always uh, think about that's always fantastic about our deen is that we they they ask all the time as, as as Christians, and I'm not you know knocking uh, knocking Christians or you know uh, disregarding them or anything of that sort. But they have this question, uh, you know, what would Jesus do? Um, but in the same sense, we as Muslims can ask the same exact question, but we know the answer of what our Prophet Sallallahu uh, would do. And it's one of the beautiful aspects that even so, being Jesus uh, at the time of his advent, he was thirty, going until like what uh almost a little over three years until uh they tried to uh attempted to crucify him uh you know in that time frame of three years you know a lot of it was traveling coming across his companions but he never got married he never settled down yet uh i mean this of course will happen as as we know by the uh um by the hadith of uh of the end of times or before the end of times um so we don't have that sort of reference but we have all the other prophets uh of the past peace be upon them uh in in regards for reference but we don't reference them you know we we may know uh in regards for for the bible uh or the uh, the old testament you know genesis says you know god bless them so that uh they may be fruitful and multiply but that's about it they don't get into the finer details of you know 
love your wife enjoy your wife uh have a connection have some intimacy you know uh make something that's going to be lasting and, and connecting with that one person who we in islam know is going to be like a uh, like a blanket like a cover you know for for one another you know a support a warmth and uh connection with that alhamdulillah alhamdulillah i think we made some really good reflections here so let's go ahead and jump into the last segment of today's um, episode and go into our um, final reflections. Uh, so, Brother Rishi, why don't you go ahead and start us off, inshallah. All right. So, once again, I'll, I'll try to bring the bean, bring the bean pie, uh, inshallah. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, just a little bit of dessert, inshallah. Um, bismillah. So, <clears throat> Kenneth kind of touched on one of my uh, final reflections at, at, at two, inshallah ta'ala. Um, but one being that uh, the Prophet sallallahu uh, may peace and blessing be upon him, said that he um, he stated that the best of you are the best to your families and I am the best to my family. Um, so just looking at that one statement right there is enough proof that I need that uh, and all of us, inshallah ta'ala, would need to understand to follow the way of the Prophet Solomon in marriage is is good. Um, and da uh, Daniel brought up an excellent point um, in that, you know, I grew up Christian too, and there is a lot of statements of what would Jesus do. But in this particular example, when, it, when in terms of dealing with his family and dealing with his spouse, uh, as beautiful as a prophet as he was and all the miracles that he did, there's no examples there um, for us to follow um, as a husband. Um, to follow as a father. So following the way of the Prophet in that light, in that way, is very, very important. And we should take to heart, um, or I should take to heart, um, the different things or the advice that he gives um, in, in that space. And another way to um, get some more blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, in, in terms of recognizing him and the little things that we do, and also following the way of the Prophet Sallallahu and some of his examples. Um, and this is gonna be a difficult one, but I'm gonna put this out there for us to, to, to plant that seed, inshallah ta'ala. But the Prophet Sallallahu said um, in an authentic, authentic hadith, if any one of you has intercourse with his wife, then wants to repeat it, let him do wudu between the two actions for it is more energizing for the second time. I repeat that. If any one of you has intercourse with his wife, then wants to repeat it and let him do wudu between the two actions, for it is more energizing uh, for the second time. And if he is able to do gusul between the two actions, um, it, it's better. So there's even hadith that talk about um, if you want to have relations with your wife and you want to have a baby, then make two rakats before you you do that. Um, to take a gusul after sexual relations, obviously before prayer, um, so that you cleanse yourself. So there's different things that we can do while having relations with our spouse that are fo clearly following the example of our beloved Prophet Sallallahu And we have to believe and have to want and have to know that those little things are going to get us closer to Allah, um, inshallah ta'ala, and, and, and by his mercy, and by his mercy alone. And of course, Allah knows best. MashaAllah, MashaAllah, what Allah has willed. All right, brother, Abdul Rashid. <clears throat> so yeah, I want to bring it back to, uh, you know, the rights we have upon each other and, um, and that we need to, and uh, the fact that we need to not overlook the small deeds and that everything we do with the right intention could lead makes it uh, whatever you do, whatever action you're doing a good deed. So, um, 
So of course, yes, uh, making sure your wife is satisfied, uh, your wife is satisfied, and in uh, sexual relations is 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 a is a good deed. But um, you know, bringing her a cup of coffee in the morning is is equally as good deed. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, a smile is a good deed. You know, talking good and nice to your children, your coworkers. These are all these are all good deeds. These are things we should do actively and with purpose, not just for the good deed, because they are good things to do. You know, it, it, they're just nice things to do. And um, and so you know, we have the example of Prophet. All all these good deeds that he did, and he did big and small. And so you know, it's it's just about you know remembering. Your, everybody in your life has a right upon you. And but most importantly, you have a right upon yourself. Like Brother Daniel said earlier, you know, even, you know, our health, we need to look out for our own health because if I'm not here, I can't, I won't be here to give these, these, to do these good deeds and to, to practice the faith the way it's supposed to be practiced. So I got, you got to take care of yourself first. <coughs> Excuse me. And then, um, so yeah, so we gotta remember we all, we have rights upon each other, and of course husbands and wives have rights to each other, and they should they should be they should they should be fulfilled meaningfully and fairly, and um, so yeah, it's all about the rights we have uh, on ourselves and between each other. <clears throat> excellent reflection, excellent uh, delicious side of apple pie, brother. I'm delicious. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Brother Daniel, what delicious dessert have you bought to the table? <laughs> Much, uh, maybe I got the lemon bars, but uh, just to mention, Brother Ooh, uh, I Rashid, love lemon bars. Uh, made that delivery of uh, uh, bean pie, and that was phenomenal, by the way. It's my first uh, example of ever having some bean pies, so I'm, Alhamdulillah. Uh, Alhamdulillah. Blessed, to, blessed to finally have that experience. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I let my child know. I'm sure he'll be very happy to hear that. Alhamdulillah. Um, <laughs> For my last uh, reflection here, I think I want to end on the reflection of that. I mean, we're, we're reviewing these sort of things to understand the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. That's why we're going through these hadiths and understanding how we can apply them. You know, one of the things that we as uh, Muslims sometimes uh, focus on or maybe even joke about is, you know, we focus so much on uh, certain Sunnahs, but then may happen to neglect or overlook others. And this is the one uh, I think that we should uh, definitely focus on more first before we start saying that the Sunnah is, for example, marrying two, three, or four uh, four wives. Um, I think uh, we should be focusing on making that one spouse happy and not break her heart into four pieces as opposed to marrying four women and trying to make it uh, appeasing uh, to us. And I think it's uh, ironic too that some of the uh, uh, people making the claims that they want two, three or four wives, uh, you know, can't stand a, a couple of nights of a uh, hajjid. But alhamdulillah, that's uh, Allah SWT knows best. And of course, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi too uh, was the one that went to each and every single one of his wives every single night uh, in order to have intimacy with them. And subhanAllah, when I, when I hear that, you know, subhanAllah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a miracle in of itself. Uh, alhamdulillah. But to uh, tahajjud is uh, uh, the night prayers uh, during the month of Ramadan. I forgot to mention that. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for a little, uh, uh, little whisper in my ear. Alhamdulillah. Um, 
But in in that same right, uh, let's use these opportunities as a means for what we have to be thankful for what Allah SWT has given us. He has given us the means to have good deeds and to make good deeds uh, and use those as a means for our blessing on the Day of Judgments and be written in our books. Alhamdulillah. I mean, I mean, those were delicious lemon bars, brother, brother Daniel. Sweet as well as as sour. And thank you for reminding us about uh, the hedjud, which can be prayed um, anytime during Ramadan or even outside of of Ramadan. It's something we should all try and true. do uh, more and more often, including myself. Uh, so, for my initial, um, or my not my initial, my final uh, reflections, I guess I'll bring the. Um, the brownie Sunday um, as my uh, as my dessert for uh, tonight's tonight's uh, episode, um, and I think the final reflections I have for this hadith again is again just uh, highlighting not only Allah's mercy but His fairness, right? Because just like how one is um, given a sin for committing a bad deed, one is rewarded for simply. I'm not even doing a technically a good deed, but just simply abiding by Allah's laws, right? Being obeying Allah in and of itself is given a, a good deed. And of course, we also know that good deeds um, are heavier on your scale than, than bad deeds. So alhamdulillah, just again, highlighting Allah's fairness and his, his mercy. But again, um, also highlighting how, again, how Brother Abdul Rashid mentioned, um, any act that you do, no matter how simple, no matter how mundane, no matter how uh, boring it can seem on the surface, is an opportunity for each and every one of us to get a good deed. Whether it is fulfilling the rights of our spouses, as we discussed extensively in today's episode, or even as was mentioned previously, um, upholding the rights of our own selves, making sure that we take our mental health days, making sure that we're staying healthy, both physically and mentally, um, making sure that our needs are, are being met. Um, even going on a vacation and taking a mental health day can be a opportunity to get a reward from Allah just based on your mindset. So the importance of having a proper mindset and how having this proper mindset can not only, not only make it to where we are getting a, a accumulation of good deeds, but also transforming our habits and our characters to best reflect the character of our beloved prophet, may peace and blessings be, be upon him, to the point where these become so habitual for us, we do it without even, without even thinking. So, so for, for example, something as simple as just saying bismillah before we, we, we eat, and doing this on a regular basis to where it becomes habitual for us, to where when you don't do it, something feels off, right? And so this is just kind of my um, final reflections, my dessert, my brownie sundae that I bought to the table. So with that, we can, uh, inshallah ta'ala, if Allah the Most High wills, go ahead and wrap up our episode for tonight. Um, may Allah reward each and every single one of you for joining in on tonight's uh, discussion. And inshallah ta'ala. We will see you all back at the dinner table for next time. Allahumma subhanahu wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Meat and Potatoes is a podcast by Embrace. 
Embrace is a comprehensive convert care and empowerment organization dedicated to providing Muslim converts with social and educational spaces that encourage growth, shape their Islamic identity, and equip them with the tools they need for their lifetime journey. To learn more, visit us at www.embracereverts.org.